Thursday and have lunch with us. And we this year, rather than having a Thanksgiving lunch and a, a Christmas lunch, it everything gets so crowded and so busy this time of year, we decided to combine it and just have what we're calling a holiday lunch. So stay and have lunch with us and um, know that there's plenty of food, whether you brought anything or not. We always have more than we need. <laughs> and uh, I would like to elaborate a little on the prayer list. Um, my uncle uh, went to see, as you heard last week, I went to see if he had, uh, well, he, he didn't say any kind, he just said cancer. And I talked to him yesterday and he said he hadn't heard back from that yet. And as some of you may not have heard, my grandma went to see if she had lung cancer and she came back clear. Uh, the first song this morning will be O Come All Ye Faithful, number 
to and for. Let's go. 
Oh 
It's a blessing to have people that can sing so good. I'm glad he just said make a joyful noise myself. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. While y'all getting turned there, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you for this day, thanking you for your many blessings. I ask, Lord, that you bless this time, bless the reading of your word. Just open our hearts and minds that we might receive it. I pray that you keep me out of the way of this message, Lord, and let it be all about you. Just be with those out there in the world, Lord, that are lost, that, that, that don't understand the importance of the time. Please have mercy and forgive us of our sins and failures. In the Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. First four verses of Luke 1, basically Luke's giving a background of why he's uh, writing this account of it. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things, which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all the things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theopolis, that thou might know the certainty of these things wherein thou hast been instructed." See, he was given a background of why he had to write to, to write this account. Verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the, of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they, and they were both now well stricken in years. And it come to pass that while he executed the priest office before God in the order of his course, and according to the 
customs of the priest's office, his lot was to burn the incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell on him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for their prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou, thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall turn unto the Lord their God, and he shall go before them in the spirit and power of Elias, and turn the hearts of the fathers and the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the, ju of the just, and to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Stop there for just a second. That is really a prophetic statement right there, is it not? That John is going to prepare the way for Jesus. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and the wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak, these, speak unto you, and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, you shall be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained silent. And it came to pass, as soon as the days of his ministrations were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus has the Lord dealt with me in my days when he looked upon me and take away my reproach among men. Have you ever asked God for something that you felt was good, proper, that he should request, or honor your request? And you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, but he seems silent. You think that Zacharias and Elizabeth hadn't been praying for years? And she was, he said, I'm an old man. She's well stricken in years. He was polite. He wouldn't call her an older lady. But don't you think they had been praying for a long, long time for a child? But it wasn't in God's timing, was it? A lot of times when God's silent, it's not that he's ignoring you. He's working on you, getting you ready for what he's got in mind for you. If we open the page of Luke, we found an older couple who lived with the same question for years. Their request for God had been simple. Just grant us a child, Lord. And as I said, they've been praying this for a long time. Elizabeth was well past the age when she normally could have a child. Ladies, how many of you in your, your 80s and 90s would want to start raising a family? 
I don't hear nobody saying, yes, I would. So y'all understand where she's at. You would think at this point they would have life they'd have just gave up. We're not gonna have a child. But you think about this. The God that put this system together, that put our bodies together, that put this earth together, that put everything to work in harmony the way it does. Don't you think he's cap fully capable of giving a lady that in her nineties a, a baby? I do. I believe it with all my heart. You look back over the time, there was another couple in the same situation, wasn't there? Abraham and Sarah. Both of them was well stricken in years. But what did God promise them? A whole nation was going to come out of his loins. That if you could count the stars, that's how many of your relatives you're going to have. If you look back over time, that's, that's been pretty accurate for the, the Hebrew people. God went on to tell Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. That's a prophecy of Jesus right there. That's just one of the many, many prophecies in the Old Testament. We found this, what I just stated in Genesis 12, 3 where he said, I will bless those who bless you, I will and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people of the earth shall be blessed through you. For a Jew, for the Jewish people, the absence of children was seen as a reproach, especially back in this period of history. That there was obviously God's judgment on the family for some kind of sin in their life. How would you like to be in Zechariah and Elizabeth living in that time? Whenever everybody thought you were supposed to have children and you hadn't had no children. Wouldn't have been a comfortable sight, would it? Because people have been asking, what did what'd you do? What did you do? What's, what's in your family history? But they kept their faith. They kept strong. They stayed the course. And we get down to the day when Zechariah is at the temple to do his ministerial duties. And what I have read, there was roughly at any, any given time roughly 18,000 priests who regularly served in the temple. And they would cast lots to see who was going to go in to burn incense. And each, if you ever got chosen, that was it. You never got chosen again. You, your name was talk, taken off the list. So you had one chance in life to do it. I believe with all my heart that God had been planning Zacharias from before he was born till this day to have him come in there at that appointed time. I've also heard a pastor say once, and I don't—I haven't been able to find where he found it, so I, I can't argue with him, that 
because you was, the priest was going in there, the only thing between the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Tabernacle, Ark of the Covenant was, was a, a curtain. You, they felt like you were so close to God that if you saw God, we all know what happens if you see God. God said himself, no man can see my face and live. So they would tie a rope to the guy, had bells on him. If the bells quit ringing, they'd just drag him out and look over at the associate pastor. You're up. Not a funny feeling, is it? That's the way that pastor worded it, and I, I can't argue with him because I could see him doing it. Would you want to walk back in there and drag this guy out if you wasn't ready for it? I wouldn't. Sometimes when God's silent, like I said, when prayers are unanswered, he's working on you. Look at Moses. He spent 40 years thinking he was somebody, 40 years learning he was nobody, and the rest of his life trying to figure out what happened. But God's not asleep on the job. He never will be. He never has been. It's an open landline to him anytime you want to talk to him. And I was talking about how close he was to the Holy of Holies. In Leviticus 10, we were, if you was to look at that, you read about Aaron's sons, Nahab, I can't pronounce them, Nadab and Abihu. Forgive me, I can't pronounce these names, some of them. And how they were immediately put to death by God because they performed this ritual in a prideful manner. You had to go in there humble. You have to go before God humble, not prideful. Would you want to go in there in the presence of a holy God, patting yourself on the back about what I've, I've accomplished? Uh-uh. If God, if Jesus walked through that door right now, I'd be on my face begging forgiveness. And I hope every one of us would be that way. He is so holy that if he don't shield his glory, we can't look at him. When, the, when Zacharias went in there to burn the incense, the smoke was so thick from the spices that they, they used that it billowed out around the curtains at the top so the people would know that the incense was being burned. It is also thought to shield the priest from the thick smoke, from, shield him from the presence of God where he wouldn't see God in his full glory. And as Zacharias went in there to perform this duty, and Gabriel appears to him. After 400 years of silence, Gabriel appears on the right side of the altar as it 
said in the scriptures, that's the, the favored side. Well, I imagine Zacharias probably got pretty scared for a few moments there. Is there anybody in here that wouldn't be? I know I would be. But Gabriel spoke to him and said, I've got good news for you. Your wife Elizabeth is going to have a son and you're going to name him John. And Zechariah, like a lot of us old boys would be, how can that be? I'm an old man. And Gabriel had to get his attention, didn't he? He said, yeah, it's going to happen, just like I told you. And the sign of it going to happen, you're not going to speak until he's born. Can you imagine shutting a pastor up for nine months? That wouldn't be easy to do. It would take God, wouldn't it? But whenever he he come out, he couldn't speak. They knew he had seen some kind of vision. And when his time was finished, he departed and went home. And not long after that, Elizabeth conceived in her very mature age. She hid herself for five months. But when John was born, they asked, the family said, what's his name going to be? Thinking it was going to be Zachariah, like his dad. Elizabeth said, no, his name's to be John. But there's nobody in the family named John. We'll name him Zachariah. No, his name is John. So they asked Zechariah, what's his name going to be? He asked for a tablet and wrote, his name is John. And immediately, he was able to speak. You think that wouldn't have put some fear in the family standing around there hearing all that? This child is blessed. It tells us right from the scripture, he will be blessed from his mother's womb. We'll find out next week when Mary goes to see Elizabeth, John leaps in her womb because he knows Jesus is there. He's going to prepare the way for Jesus. He's going to let the people know there's a Savior coming. We're fast getting close to the time we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. When Jesus shielded his glory and came to earth as a man, John was prepared his way. How would you have liked to have been at the river Jordan when John was baptizing? 
hear him calling you out, repent. I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me. His words, I'm not worthy to unlatch his sandals on his feet. John knew that Jesus was coming. He knew his job was to prepare the way. And without a doubt, John was one of the the greatest. Even Jesus said that. In this time and day, many people have commercialized this time of year. They don't look at it as what it really is, what it really means. The greatest gift that ever was was when God sent his only son to us. There is no greater gift. He sent his son to us to give his life for us. You can't ask for nothing more greater than that. If he's willing to do that, why aren't we willing to give our life to him? But so many people in this world got up this morning and it never crossed their mind to go to church anywhere. It never crossed their mind that there's a Lord in heaven that's been watching over them even though they hadn't been watching over, watching for him. If you're here today, if you're listening today and don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's no reason, no excuse, nothing you could have done that he's not willing to forgive. So don't let Satan, our adversary, tell you that you're not worthy because you are. If you was the last person on earth, he would have died for you. Jesus loves you and wants you to spend eternity with him. So if you walk out that door and not know him, that's up to you. Because the invitation is open. Jesus always wants you to come. You wander off out in the, the weeds doing your own thing, he'll sit there and wait on you to come back. And he'll meet you running if he needs to. Too many times, though, we try to do it our own way, don't we? Instead of just asking him for guidance at the start of it. So as our pianist and song director come, if you know that you need Jesus, don't put it off no longer. Don't let Satan tell you you need to wait.
please stand as, <clears throat> as we sing number 433, I Surrender All. Child, they will love that child and 